You're listening to episode 217 of the Room to Grow podcast. I'm Emily Goff, a podcasting coach, lifestyle entrepreneur, and a Canadian with a sense of curiosity and adventure, always asking more questions and using stories to connect with and positively impact others. Here on the Room to Grow podcast, we're going deep into big topics like relationships, mental health, business, confidence, lifestyle, personal development, and entrepreneurship, and being open, honest, and real about how to learn from tough lessons along the way when life throws you into the unexpected. I bring you thoughts and guests with stories that will change the way you look at the world and yourself so that we can learn from each other and grow with lots of self-love and compassion every step of the way. There's always more room to grow. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Room to Grow podcast. Emily here. And today's episode is going to be one that is very close to my heart. Um, and I've, I've had this one kind of, I've had this episode sitting in the back of my head to do for uh, at least six months now. <laughs> at least. <laughs> and it just never felt like quite the right time. Um, and I, I'm finally ready to, to share this a little bit. Um, also, can I just say it's super weird that sometimes I feel, and sometimes it feels easier to be vulnerable on this podcast than it does to be in real life occasionally. Um, yeah. So I don't know, maybe I've like conditioned myself to share things on this podcast. It's super weird. You guys, I don't even understand. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, so let's dive into this a little bit when home is no longer home. Um, so for some context for anyone who isn't aware of, of, you know, me or, or my story, if you're a little bit new to this, to this podcast, I am Canadian. Um, and at the moment with the whole pandemic global situation that we're in, I, I am in uh, Canada right now. Um, and I am from Hamilton, Ontario originally. So I'm, I'm staying uh, here at the moment, grounded here basically. And I have been living in Bali for the last eight months. Um, so I just happened to arrive back in Canada literally 24 hours before the global pandemic was called. It was a trip that had already been planned for a couple of months anyway to come back uh, to Canada from Bali, but I was only planning on being here for a month or two um, to attend some events to, it, I, I had some things scheduled uh, that I needed to be in North America for. Um, and then I was going to be going elsewhere. And obviously those plans have gone out the window. <laughs> so for now I'm grounded here, which is fine. Um, but that's just to give you a, a little bit of background. And then if you want more information as to why I moved to Bali in the first place, you can check out episode 117, uh, all about the nine year affair and why I ended my last relationship with, which then just set off a whole series of events, uh, where I, I have turned my entire life upside down. <laughs> so yes, if you want more information, you can go check out episode 117, um, for all the details on that. So, okay. Now that you have the background information for anyone who isn't aware of, of all of that, um, I, I put up a post recently on Instagram and because I consider myself kind of like Bali and Canada based and, and a lot of my, uh, content photos are from Bali as well. I often will still list Bali as the location because that was sometimes, you know, where the actual photos were taken. So I, sometimes people get confused a little bit because they're kind of like, well, are you in Bali? Are you in Canada? Where are you right now? And I had a, a comment on one of my, my photos on Instagram recently where somebody was asking, are you in Canada or are you in Bali right now? And, um, I'm going to get into more in a moment as to why I don't even like answering those questions on a public forum, because I don't always know who's behind the account. 
and I tend to prefer to keep a bit of a low profile um, about where I am. So I'll get, I'll get to that more in a minute, but I happen to have spoken with the person behind this account before I knew that it was a real human. Um, I, I like had an idea about who they were. So I did answer it. I said, I'm, I'm in Hamilton right now. Um, and yeah, I, I definitely just, I prefer to maintain some mystery about where I am in the world at any given time and to keep people guessing <laughs> because it makes me feel a little bit safer and more protected. Um, if you want more information on that, I would recommend checking out episode 118 all about uh, being stalked and the dark side behind social media. So again, I, I, I promise I'm getting to more of a point. I just, I need to give you a little bit of backstory so that you have some context as to what I'm going to be talking about today. Um, in the tied in with the whole situation about uh, my former partner's infidelity, I had found out when all that came out that um, his former girlfriend, the, the other woman, so-called, um, had been tracking me to a very unhealthy degree, uh, both online and in person. And I have been extremely cautious ever since. Um, Hyper vigilant, I would say. Um, I'm just very aware now of how thin the line is between online and real life. And I've always taken precautions in the online space to protect myself, but that took things to a whole new level. And now when I am in this city in particular, I am very, very conscious of not posting specifics, um, not posting where I am at any given time, all of those types of things. So I go into a lot more detail in that episode. So I would go check out episode 118. I also really talked about like the mental health effects that kind of I, I, I had to deal with from that whole situation and how it kind of it affected me on, on a pretty significant level. So go check out that. But that is why I tend to prefer a bit of mystery. So anyway, this, this person commented, they asked, uh, where I were, where, where I was, sorry, where I was. And I said, Hamilton. And, um, they, there, there's a hashtag that gets used around here about Hamilton is home. <laughs> so hashtag Hamilton is home. And I didn't really respond because I don't consider Hamilton my home anymore. Um, but then they also said, you know, I'm surprised that I don't, that I haven't, I, I've never run into you around here. And I said, I prefer to maintain a low profile when I'm here. And that's extremely accurate. I, I maintain a very low profile when I'm here. Um, I see my people, I, but it's all very like quietly. I, I don't go out a huge amount. Um, I just really prefer not to. And it's not out of fear. I, I need to make that part certain. That's not out of fear. That's out of an actual just lack of interest. Um, I, I, and, and I just prefer to not really do a huge amount out here. Um, I, I don't, I don't need to have any type of public presence here. It's, it's not what I'm here for. So yeah, it's, it's not, I, I, even though where I am in the world is not usually terribly relevant, I, I also 100% understand the curiosity because when I'm following somebody online, I don't know what it is. You just kind of, you like to have kind of an idea, you know, where, where are they? Like, where are they coming from or whatever? And so I, I get it. I understand the curiosity, especially as somebody who is traveling a huge amount. People are just intrigued about, you know, what places you've visited or, or where are you at any given moment? But the thing is, is that this entire situation that I, I went through here in this city 
it's it's not that I am so much worried about, you know, that same particular person tracking me. It's much more so that the entire experience has just left me sort of hypervigilant about how and what I post online and my intense need to maintain my privacy when it comes to specifics about where I am and what I'm doing in real time at any given moment. But I am also definitely even more cautious in this particular city in some ways than anywhere else in the world, which sounds super weird because as as a, a female as a female who traveling alone in the world most of the time, that sounds like an odd statement. But uh, don't get me wrong, you know, I, I'm very cautious in, in other ways, no matter where I am in the world, and some cities more than others. But here, it it holds a certain it's it, it, it holds a certain emotional tie for me that I am especially cautious about it. Just as one example, I did an Instagram live um, just the other day. And I noticed that by, by accident, there was a street sign that was visible behind me. So I deleted the live. I wouldn't even post it because I wasn't willing to risk putting up a video that gave away any indication where I was more specifically within this city or people getting to know my routine very well. I'm very cautious about that too. I do not post in real time, um, all of that. So I go into, into a lot of that stuff in episode 118 as well about ways that you can protect yourself and some things that I am much more aware of now than I was before. But overall, my, my main point here is that this city is no longer my home. And I'm born and bred here. I, I, I was born here. I grew up here. I bought a house here. I built a life here. I, I left for school, um, for university and stuff. And I had traveled uh, relatively extensively as well. But I, I, Hamilton was always my home. That was always where I came back to but it is no longer my home. And it hasn't been my home since I got on a plane and left nearly a year ago to go to the other side of the world. I knew when I left, I would never live here again. And not even because of the traumatic memories or because of people I no longer associate with who remain here, but because this entire chapter of my life is simply closed for me. That's it, it's closed. I cut the cords to my former life almost entirely and very intentionally when I left. It wasn't the life I was meant to live. And I sensed that for me personally, those were steps I needed to take to end up where I'm going. I feel that so deeply that it, if, if I had chosen to remain in this city and, and to live in this city more permanently, I would not have the life that I want to live. And I'm not even just talking about being able to travel and stuff like that. I'm talking about uh, business and my personal life relationships. I would not reach where I am meant to go, where I feel so deeply that I am meant to go if I remained in this city. And that's nothing against the city at all. I love this city and I'm going to talk about that more and, and, and how much gratitude I have for this city and how much fucking respect I have for the people here. But it is not where I am meant to be. There is a, a quote that I, I heard once from Oprah about when it's time to move and, and the energy of, of your life. And, and she says, quote, I'd come to the point where I had grown as much as I could grow in that space. And I could feel the energy of my life pulling me in another direction. That's how you know when it's time to move. You can feel the energy of your life pulling you in another direction, end quote. That really struck me on a deep level. And, and it's interesting because I heard that quote as I was preparing to leave Canada a year ago. And the timing just seemed so impeccable. And I felt that so intensely. I was like, that is exactly what it is. My energy is absolutely pulling me away from this place in, in 
so many ways, I, it's hard to even describe. And leaving this city felt necessary to my survival. I cannot stress that enough. Burning my entire life to the ground in general felt absolutely necessary to my survival, as necessary as breathing. I've talked before about burning bridges to my old life, and some of that in the moment was intentional in a slightly different way. Because I needed to guarantee that I wouldn't go backwards to the people, places, and things that no longer served me when I got scared. Because I knew that there would be moments ahead when I would be absolutely scared fucking shitless and that the easier choice in those moments would be to retreat and go backwards rather than forging my own path. So I prepared for those moments in advance, sometimes months in advance, by building my own personal insurance policy of destroying my old life to the point that there would be nothing left of it to go back to. And I am extremely happy with that decision or, or set of decisions, basically, though not it, that is not necessary for everyone to do. But I knew myself and I knew that there would be moments ahead where I would be so terrified as to how many unknowns were ahead of me that it would have been so much easier to retreat and to go backwards. And I was not prepared to do that. So I laid the groundwork well in advance to burn as many fucking bridges as I could. That, it, that said, I also, I don't mean burning, burning bridges in terms of like burning down every relationship in my life, the, the, you know, friendships and stuff like that, that I had with really incredible humans. It, it's not about that. It was burning the bridges to, you know, like my old job, um, my, my old corporate job that, yeah, probably would have been easier to go back to that. Uh, burning bridges with people who had betrayed me, mistreated me, um, no longer served me in the way that was going to, you know, be, be mutually beneficial in any, in any way, shape or form. Uh, there were so many ways that I burned things to the ground as much as I could because I was being given, and I, I, I felt this in the moment, that I was being given a rare once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to rebuild my entire life the way I wanted to live it, and I was not going to waste that chance. There are people who would do anything to have that kind of chance. And the last thing I plan on doing is waking up 20 or 30 years from now and feeling like I'm living somebody else's life. My choices may look, may look reckless or downright crazy to some, like to burn my life down the way I did, to pick up and move to the other side of the world all by myself, not knowing a soul and rebuild an entire new life. That, that sounds absolutely insane to some people, but I have never felt more intentional, focused and in full alignment in my entire life. And yet I still need to stress, this is very individual. My choices are not the right ones for everyone. The only reason why my choices in the past year or two have worked so fucking well for me is because I made them based on me, my values, my goals, my dreams, and the things that I could feel my intuition pulling me towards. And you need to do the same for yourself and for your own life, and that might look entirely different. And I'll be honest with you, I don't fully know where home is. Bali has felt by far the closest to me compared to anywhere else I I've been in the world. But ultimately, I don't actually believe that home is necessarily there for me either. Not, not permanently, I mean. Even though, honestly, I'm missing Bali so much right now, it hurts. And I, I plan on going back when it's possible to do so and to travel again. But it's interesting, when I, when I came back for the first time in December, when I came back to Hamilton for the first time in December for Christmas, I started developing a habit 
and I maintain this, um, that anytime I would go into a store, before I would go into the store, before I would ever even get out of a car to go into the store, I would put in earbuds and blare music anytime I would go in so that people were discouraged from speaking to me. And that sounds like an absolute asshole move. <laughs> like that just sounds like, and for anyone who, who knows me well, knows how out of character that is for me because I'm very friendly. I'm extremely approachable, very down to earth. Like I'm happy to talk to anybody. I always smile at everyone and I still do that. But when I'm here, it's, it's different for me. And, and this was especially true. Um, when, when I first, when I came back the first time in December, because I did not want to create any more ties or associations to this city than I already had. And I was very intentional about that. And I, I did not want to encourage any discussion or, or any type of, of relationship in any way. And again, like I, I'm, I'm, I am still sometimes nervous about being tracked when I'm here and I'm highly conscious of wondering if I'm being watched like I was for many, many months without my knowledge. And it's made me even more private than I was before. But before I came back here uh, in December, I had basically a complete nervous breakdown about coming back here. Um, but the first time was always going to be the hardest too. It's funny, I saw a quote on Instagram where it said, even if you could go back, you wouldn't belong there anymore. And I was talking to a really sweet friend of mine back in December before I came back. And, and he reminded me, we, our group of friends had a running joke about uh, same, same, but different. <laughs> and he said, same, same, you're very different. And he said, you know, you, you've grown and evolved. And the fact that you're, that you're not going back as the same person is actually a really good thing because you're going to be far better equipped to handle it and to deal with anything that comes up. But my last day in Bali in December, before I came back to Canada for a few weeks over Christmas, I cried for the entire day. I cried at the gym. I cried at a cafe. I cried in the airport. I was heading from Bali to California for an event. And then I, I purposely stayed in California to just chill out and try to mentally prepare myself for a few days afterwards. And be, before I, I then carried on to, to uh, come back to Canada. And I had to be back in Canada by a certain date for an appointment. And I scheduled, <laughs> I scheduled the latest possible flight I could manage that would still allow me to make my appointment with only a few hours to spare because I was so resistant to stepping foot back in my old city again. And even when my plane landed on Canadian soil for the first time in months, I thought I might feel some sort of comfort, but I felt nothing but total dread when the pilot announced, welcome to Canada. I, I was looking forward to seeing my family and a couple close friends, but that was it. And to be completely transparent with you, there are very few people that I'm close to in this city at this point. I, I sometimes, sometimes I simply feel as though my life and business are changing at such an absolutely astonishing rate right now that it's almost too much effort to try and explain it to anyone who isn't in my tightest inner circle and in on the day-to-day -day happenings. Because my entire life is unrecognizable from a year ago. I am unrecognizable in so many ways. Even my physical body has changed in multiple ways. I have more tattoos. I have a lot more muscle than I did before. And I mean, for once, I mean, this is a bonus. I'm no longer the palest kid in the room. <laughs> but I carry myself completely differently than I did before. My personality has, you know, ultimately my, my, my core personality traits are all the same, but I, I have shifted in a massive way. 
And listen, what I want to say about Hamilton, people from this city have fucking grit. And I love that so much. I haven't experienced that anywhere else in the world. I, I've been to many different countries and I have not experienced a, a, another set of, of people who have the kind of grit and, and determination and, and pride that the people in this city do. And this is where I'm from. And I will always be very proud to say that I am from here. Always. I wear that shit like a badge of honor. People can recognize, like, like we see each other. If we find out that somebody else is from Hamilton, we're like, oh, I fucking know you. <laughs> I can practically see a piece of your soul because I know you're from Hamilton. I, I feel that so deeply. And this place will always hold such a special place in my heart. But it's simply not my home. This city has helped to shape me into who I am today. And I am forever grateful, forever grateful. I, I spent the, the first 30, 32, 32 years of my life in this city. And it has served me incredibly well. It, it has shaped me into who I am. But the uncertainty of not knowing exactly where you physically belong in the world requires you to go inward and to dig deeper and to learn to cultivate that sense of home from within rather than solely relying on external geographical locations to provide everything that you need. Not only that, but your problems will follow you wherever you go. Picking up and moving doesn't mean that you solve an issue. The issues are still there and will continue to demand your, intent, your, your attention until you figure your shit out. What's that saying about where, wherever you go, there you are? And I think that there were some people when I, when I left who, who thought I was kind of just running away. I knew I wasn't running away. And I put a lot of careful thought and intention into that. I, I even explored that with my, my therapist at the time and all of that because I wanted to make absolutely certain that I was not bypassing anything. But I, I knew in my heart that this was never going to be my home again. This, this is not where I belong. And at the moment, I am living here temporarily. I, I'm temporarily displaced here. Let's put it that way. But I'll be gone again from here when the opportunity presents itself and when it's safe to travel and, and all of those types of things. It's not to say I'll never be back, but I will never be back here to live again. I'll be back here to visit, but not to live ever again. And the person I was who belonged in this city died with my last relationship. Additionally, my, you know, it, this was this, this one sentence always really struck me a, a year ago my therapist said to me, she pointed out some of my sort of lingering negative feelings about this place. Um, she said, the city betrayed you. And I had to really think about that. And I thought, you know, that's kind of true because there, it, there was a very, very small handful, um, of, of people who knew not necessarily what was going on in my relationship that I didn't know about, but they knew um, certain things that I didn't know. And even if they weren't exactly sure that it meant infidelity or anything related to that, it just felt, I, I felt betrayed by, by my city because it had gone on for so long. And this city is not that big. For, for some context, for anyone who doesn't know, um, who isn't familiar with, with where I'm talking about, it's, it's about half a million people here is the population, but it feels small. 
like really small. <laughs> and that was partly why it was, that was one of many reasons why it, it was such a shock that this had been going on. The infidelity had been going on behind my back for nine years because seriously, this city is, is small. <laughs> like it's like everybody knows everybody and it does not feel like half a million people live here. And I felt so betrayed and I don't respond well to being betrayed. When my trust is broken, I am extremely forgiving. I am extremely compassionate, but I don't forget that shit because it gives me the information that I need to know. And I'm kind of weird too. Like with the exception of my one best friend that I met here when I was 12, I'm not still friends with anyone from high school or university. I never was once those chapters ended. Acquaintances, yes. And, and people I'll say hello to when, you know, they message me in the DMs or, or whatever. But it was sort of a sign to me, like I always felt like I didn't quite fit in here. Even back in high school, I never felt like I fully belonged here. Yes, it was my home, but only because I didn't know anything else. I had never, you know, permanently lived anywhere else. So I, I didn't have anything to compare it to, but I always felt like I didn't quite fit in here. I always have. And I didn't really start finding the, the large majority of, of who I consider to be my, my people until I started my business back at the beginning of 2017. And it opened up this whole new world to me of people that I was meeting online who I felt closer with them and, and I felt more connected with them and just feeling understood in a way that I had never felt, again, with very few exceptions other than, you know, like, like two or three very close people to me here locally. I had never experienced that before. Many of my friends right now are also displaced around the globe. Um, left, you know, they, they left Bali or they left other countries to go back to their home countries when the pandemic started closing borders and, and embassies and governments were making really strong recommendations for everyone to return to their, to their home countries. And it's extremely unsettling sometimes not knowing where you belong physically in the world. And it requires you to kind of like put in some extra effort to find ways to feel grounded too. But it can also really be very freeing. Although maybe not so much when we're all under lockdown and can't explore anywhere. <laughs> That's a little bit of a different situation. But I know multiple people who've gone back to places they consider to be their homes because it's where they're from, only to realize they no longer belong there. When I looked up the definition of, of a home, most of the definitions I found um, included something related to a, like a house, a building, or a dwelling of some kind. But what if we've been thinking about the entire concept of home all wrong? And it's not your postal code or zip, zip code for my American friends, <laughs> but a sense of belonging that you carry within you. What if more of us listen to our hearts? when it came to deciding where to live instead of a variety of other factors that we think we should care about because it's part of a more conventional way to live. What if you can feel that you're home from within rather than looking to external sources? And don't get me wrong, in terms of the, the external source thing, when I first walked into the house that I ended up buying uh, six, oh gosh, it's seven, seven years ago now, I knew as soon as I stepped one foot in the door that I belonged there and the physical structure itself felt welcoming to me. I, I, this sounds so bizarre, but I bonded with that house like instantly. But I also knew when that house no longer felt like home and it was time to go. And when I stepped off the plane for the first time in Bali, I started to feel my energy coming back to me for the first time in months. And it felt like my entire life force 
was being replenished, like reigniting a spark in me that had gone out a really long time ago. But we can associate home with comfort, and that's great until it's not. Because what if we're confusing familiar with comfortable? They're two different things. This city will always be familiar to me because I know it so well, but I am now uncomfortable here. Which is one of many reasons why I know that it's no longer my home. And listen, I need to fully, fully acknowledge my immense privilege to be able to travel. Again, pandemic pending, <laughs> but it's that, that privilege of being able to travel is one that I hope I never take for granted, particularly after this situation, but even just in general. And I don't know where I'm going to end up living in the longer term. And, and people keep asking me where I'm headed once things start opening up. There's, there's a list of multiple options, and, and Bali is definitely very high on that list. I will absolutely be going back to Bali um, basically as, as soon as I can. Uh, but I'm also open to seeing where things go, too. And moreover, I'm not going to bother making any major decisions right now when everything is so up in the air, because I'd rather play things by ear and see what decisions turn out to be the right ones. And that's a very learned trait for me, um, because I have always been a planner. I have always been someone who wants the full plan laid out in front of me, but I have learned in the hardest possible ways that you can plan all you want and life isn't going to match your plan. <laughs> so you might as well be open to shifting and, and moving and evolving as life happens rather than stressing quite so much about making those decisions right now when those decisions might not even be applicable longer term. So I wanted to talk a little bit about, I try, I try to give takeaways wherever I can. And, and this is a much more personal um, episode than, than I sometimes do, but how, some of the ways that I've kind of handled this, one of them, I know I've mentioned my therapist a couple times. So I have definitely worked with my therapist to work through some of the issues that I've I've had around leaving the city and not feeling like I belong and, and all of those things. Um, I also have a personal development kind of slash relationship coach, um, named Emma. She's been on the podcast. I will reference her in the show notes. She is incredible. I absolutely adore that woman. <laughs> I think she actually calls herself an empowerment coach, but I tend to refer to her more as like my, my relationship slash personal development coach. Um, finding ways to stay grounded no matter where I am in the world just super basic routines that, that keep me feeling like myself, like eating in a way that makes me feel really good, uh, drinking tons of water, as much sleep as possible, lots of walking and workouts, um, and, and audio messages and calls with people closest to me. That, that sounds so basic, but you don't need to do anything fancy to stay grounded, truly. Um, I am also very careful about who I surround myself with, and my inner circle is very tight-knit and made, of, made up of rock-solid humans. That, that keeps me grounded and supports me more than anything else. At the same time, I also am very open to putting myself out there and, and being open to exploring new friendships, uh, sometimes, you know, more, more slowly than others, and seeing where things go. Because if you close yourself off, you could miss out on some really, really special people. Really special people. The, the, the people that I have met in Bali, by being very open to meeting people in Bali, I, it, it's indescribable. I, I have met just the coolest fucking humans of my life in Bali. Um, and there are amazing people everywhere, but not if you're not open to it. And that's something else that I, that I find a lot of times in, um, in like more North American cities in, in general, or even just kind of more, more, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like it's, it's kind of a little bit more North American, but I think that you would find this a lot of times in, in any major city that 
sometimes it's very easy for us to get sucked into our routines. And then we just go about our day kind of unconsciously without ever really opening up ourselves to the possibility of meeting new people. So when you have, when you travel, if you, if you have the, the privilege of being able to travel, then you're opening yourself up to being able to meet some more people. And if you can't travel online is still a really great way to do this. I met some incredible people online alone before I started traveling full time. So that's a really great way to do this as well. And this, this sounds cliche, <laughs> But step outside your comfort zone. Do the sh- do things that scare the shit out of you, even if they make no sense. And when you survive those things, you'll build a whole new layer of self-trust, resilience, and confidence that will, over time, give you the courage to do more and more things that scare you that could have incredible outcomes. And some people will always say, what if it doesn't work? Okay, but what if it does? What are the things that you're wishing for and hoping that, that are actually possible? You might be way too focused on the how, which is where we all get bogged down. We think of a possibility and then our brains immediately go, okay, but how would I get from here to there? And then we start thinking of all the things that will get in the way and we justify not taking any action at all. And then we get stuck. We remain in the exact same place and nothing ever fucking changes. I want to challenge you to step beyond that. And I need to say, not only do I, you know, really have this deep tie to Hamilton that I always will, but Canada in general, I love Canada deeply. And I feel so fucking fortunate to call this home, this country, my, my home country. It is absolutely part of my soul. And it is a Privilege isn't even a good enough word. (laughs) It is an absolute privilege to be a Canadian citizen, one that many would do almost anything for, including risking their own lives. I need to stress that. There are are so many people in the world that would do virtually anything to be able to say that Canada was their home country. And I never, ever forget that. And down the road in the long term, I may very well end up living here in Canada again, but it won't be this particular city and it won't be even this, this province. It's funny too. I, I've, I've really developed a, a huge appreciation when people mention to me how much I must miss my, my friends and my life in Bali, because it just feels like this really beautiful acknowledgement that touches my heart. I, I, I find that so many people don't think of it that way for some, for some reason, some people seem to just picture me gallivanting around or, or something. I, I don't know. I, I think that I think that people just don't have any concept of, you know, what my days look like when I'm traveling or what I'm doing or what I'm getting up to. And and I am pretty private, so I don't put it, you know, a play by play on my Instagram stories. I just kind of put like the occasional highlight here or there, or like I'm explaining something that I'm talking about or whatever. There is one one person from high school who asked me how things were going. And when I said, um, when I was in Bali and when I said I was working a lot, he kind of responded with, yeah, right. <laughs> and that I was clearly partying 24 seven because he saw the photos and videos I would post at the beach with friends. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, <laughs> what you don't see is that I get up at like five in the morning. I do some work, then I go to the gym and then I eat breakfast and then I work again all day. And then I usually just try to wrap up my day with, you know, a walk on the beach, um, and a coconut with, with friends or something. Sometimes I then do dinner and then work more before I go to bed. (laughs) 
So trust me, it is not this like partying 24 seven, I can assure you. <laughs> but I, I built an entire life in Bali filled with like people and things I adored deeply. And no matter my next move or where I end up long-term, Bali will always be part of my definition of home and part of the measuring stick that I use to help determine what feels like home in the future. And, and I have to tell you, Bali has set that bar fucking high because I have never felt like I belong somewhere as much as I have in Bali, which is why I will definitely be, be going back again and, and not necessarily for, for super long term, but I know that I, I am being pulled back there and I just so desperately miss, um, some, you know, some of my people there and some of the, the places there and just the magic that, that I found there. I, I miss it so much. But I have to say, you know, if, if we all made decisions based off the opinions of all the Karens in our lives who are giving us shit for, for partying 24 seven, when they actually know nothing about our day-to-day -day life <laughs> or, you know, any other reason, everyone is always going to have an opinion, but you have to do what is best for you. And if we all made decisions based off the opinions of all the Karens in our lives, we would all be wildly unhappy. I'm not going to lie. And I got to tell you, Karen doesn't actually give that much of a shit about what you're doing with your life. Karen might just be jealous or Karen might have so much shit going on in her own life. She's projecting it onto you. There's, there's a wide range of reasons here. And Karen can also be uh, a male or female in this example. I just happen to use Karen because I tend to use that in examples. Sorry to anyone named Karen out there. I, I am sorry that this seems to have become a thing uh, in the online space of people referring to Karen's this way. I feel badly. <laughs> anyway, I just... I predict that we are going to see a lot of people making drastic life changes over the next year or two. This pandemic is offering a great deal of clarity and perspective, and it's going to shift people in life changing ways. You are going to see relationships and new ones bloom. You'll feel far closer to some people than ever before, while others will totally fall off, off your radar. Massive lifestyle changes, career shifts, businesses born, others close, you know, huge moves made. Major life events or crisis or grief or trauma, they have a way of making us see things more clearly. And sometimes that will mean not liking what we see and needing to make a change. And I've been predicting that from day one of this pandemic. I was getting on Instagram live saying it. I'm like, you're going to see some big shit changing in the next <laughs> few months and, and probably a couple of years. It, it's, there's even things like, like after 9-11, you know, travel, travel restrictions and, and all the changes in airports and everything aside, a lot of people made some really significant life changes. Like you saw more people getting married, more people getting divorced. Um, there were all kinds of things that were born from that because these moments of crisis make us take a really hard look at our lives. And it makes us want to shift because we realize sometimes, you know, Maybe we don't have unlimited time here, which we don't. So you might as well make the most of the time that you do have here. So I appreciate you, you listening to this. And I just, this one has been in my heart for a while because I, I have, I, I, I can't even explain how I really have struggled with this a lot. Um, I was having a really tough time, uh, about the thought of coming back here uh, back in December, like leading up to coming back here in December, I had a bit of a tough time while I was here in December. 
this time felt uh, much easier because the first time was always going to be the hardest after everything that, that happened here when I left. But I just, I know that I don't belong here and that's okay. I, I've accepted that. I'm fully fine with that. Uh, and yes, I am temporarily displaced here, but it's not forever. And, and I will be able to, to leave uh, when the time is right. And it's not a problem, but it is a shift. It's a really big shift. And um, there have definitely been, been moments where I, I have grieved the, the so-called loss of this city. And it's not lost exactly, but it's, it's like a, a, a part of me that the part of me that, that felt like I maybe kind of belonged here, even though I've never felt I fully belonged here, but the part of me that kind of felt like I belonged here because I didn't know living anywhere else, it's, it, it's gone. And, and I had to grieve that because this, this city does hold a really special place in my heart, but it is not where I belong. It is not where I'm meant to be. And it is not, uh, where I'm going to end up. And that's okay. I've, I've come to terms with that, but I wanted to kind of explain that a little bit because I think that there are more of us out there than any of us even realize who might kind of be feeling the same way about uh, a place that we live or, or have felt that, that same way about a place that you've maybe left before. And I, I wanted to kind of give some context to that. And a lot of people, um, I think tend to see Bali as sort of like a running away place. And I just happened to felt really to, to, I happened to have felt really pulled to Bali and I wasn't, by the way, I wasn't planning on living there. I planned on staying for six weeks and leaving and I just happened to fall in love with it. And then I stayed. <laughs> so that wasn't even a planned decision, but it was one of those times where I could tell that it was the right decision for me in the moment. And it, it absolutely was looking back it, it absolutely was the right decision. And I am really looking forward to, to going back. Um, even if it's not there to live there permanently, I am looking forward to going back to at least visit. But I also really want you to kind of rethink the concept of, of home. So my kind of my final question I'm going to leave you with is, is what feels like home to you? Can you identify the feeling? What, what's the sensation? Where feels like home? Or who feels like home to you? Sometimes we can really feel at home with other people too, which is amazing. But I also think that ultimately you need to cultivate that sense of home within yourself because you, you need to have that from within. And when you have that from within, you can carry that with you anywhere and with anyone, as opposed to depending on that sense of home and relying on, on it being in somebody else. I think it is beautiful to cultivate that sense of, of home within somebody else, but you need to cultivate it within yourself first. Okay. So anyway, I hope this has given some insight into a little bit of my inner workings. Um, <laughs> this one, so it felt a little weird, but I just, I felt really pulled to share it. Um, and, and I've, I've kind of, again, like I've kind of had it on my mind to share for a while, but I wasn't ready. And then the, then the pandemic hit and it just felt so utterly irrelevant compared to bigger global scale issues. And, and it's not that this is, you know, an, an issue I'm looking for help with. I've come to terms with all of it. And I'm completely happy with my decision. I just wanted to give, give it a voice, um, in case you have been experiencing something similar and just to, to kind of, um, give you a, hopefully a little bit different perspective. That's all. We'll be back on Thursday. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. I'm so grateful you took the time and it means the absolute world to me. 
For any references in the episode and all show notes, be sure to jump over to roomtogrowpodcast.com. And if this episode touched your heart, it would mean so much if you would take a quick second to hit subscribe, write a review and share on social media or with someone who really needs to hear today's message. It makes such a difference to keep this podcast going so I can continue to bring you amazing content and absolutely incredible guests. Be sure to tag me on Instagram over at Emily Goff Coach so that I can thank you in real time for listening and connect with you. We're back every Tuesday and Thursday with brand new episodes and I'm looking forward to growing with you. Thank you.